You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. What's going on? Oh, you know. That's unfair. You don't know. That's why I ask. Yeah. I mean, I say that and I ask, but we've just been in Zach's studio recording. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> that's actually it, actually, yeah. Canned banter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, things are weird and wild, but, uh, you know, making it through, doing well, staying clean, staying safe. Do you, how am I trying to frame this question? I can't wait. <laughs> how do I frame this question? You're just like at home, right? Like, I mean, it's basically, yeah, you're at yeah. home and then you come like here, yes. the studio yeah, to record. I, absolutely minimal time out in, the, out in the wild. Yeah, that's the same. I like go from my house to the office at the church mm. and then occasion like once a week I come here. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we didn't even record last week. A little, there's a little secret sauce for y'all. Oh, um, no. I actually don't, I'm not 100% clear on where we're going to drop this episode Exactly. Yet, but <laughs> at one point we oh were, it's very confusing. It's like, look, now I've messed up the timeline. This is worse than an X-Men movie. <laughs> See, that's a little oh, X-Men joke because they, good, man, good timelines get really messed up in the X-Men they've, movies. They've flubbed that one. Yeah. I do miss my freedom of movement a little bit. Yeah. I just never imagined in my lifetime this would be something that would happen in 21st Century America, you know? Like, I mean, it's just weird, you know? It is. Like, this is something you read about in history books or something. And, Literally. Oh, no, it's it's happening right now. Well, our children will. Yeah. Abigail, she's going to read about this one to me. Like, Dad, what were you doing during the- What were you doing? Great COVID-19 Oof. pandemic. That's not the subject of today. It's not. No. No, it's not. We're just lamenting. <laughs> Rewind. Uh, we're continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. Yeah, we're getting up there. We are. We're almost done. Oh boy, almost done. This is our seventh. Yes. If we were to grade a paper and we had a seventy percent, what's that? C. It's C. Man, it's At least bad. in college, it is. I don't. In high no, school, just do just do the college ones. Okay. When you're you're talking about the tens. Yes. Of percent. Much that's easier. The only thing that that's the only thing that makes sense. It, it really is. Well, sorry. Well. I say sorry like I'm going to offend our grade school teachers. I'm not going to offend them by saying that. I'm sure my mom agrees. Yeah, I'm sure all teachers everywhere. It would be so much simpler. It's it's kind of like, why don't we go to the metric system, you know? <laughs> well, that'd I'm be just kidding. To, I, hard, that would be much harder. From a bird's eye view, I, you're absolutely right. But uh, I don't want... Too. I couldn't make that adjustment actually. No, I, I like either. I joined with the course and people were like, We're doing the metric system, it's much easier, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. So the seventh commandment. Seventy <laughs> percent of the way there. This is the C plus of commandments. Uh, oh or seventy would be like a C minus. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Please don't that is uh, not a don't don't take that mm. comment anywhere. Don't <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> There's no theological implications. There is no. There is not. That was just dumb words that I said. <laughs> um, the seventh commandment is found in Exodus 2014, and I will read it to you. You shall not commit adultery. Oh, yeah, that was quick. Yeah. Straight, to, straight to the point. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it does just what it says on the tin. I appreciate that in the commandment, especially after the sum of we've seen. Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Where to begin with this commandment? Um, I guess, like you've alluded to, let's start with the obvious. Mm. Don't be unfaithful to your spouse. Simple, straightforward. Yeah, just don't. If you, Solid advice. If you are married, do not be physically or emotionally unfaithful to your spouse. Mm. Fidelity matters, people. I would, I would like to echo that. That's, that's, I just, it's this, what else do you want me to say? (laughs) I, that's it right there. That's, I agree strongly. Yes. Mm. Yes. So thank you for listening. (laughs) Just kidding. Here's what might not be so obvious about this command, just based on that quick surface level reading. (laughs) Okay. Um, What's implied by those words is that uh, sex is a gift reserved for a man and a woman in marriage, and any sort of sexual activity outside of that would constitute unfaithfulness and a breach of command. So 
This actually becomes pretty important, especially in the New Testament. It's obviously important. I don't know why I had to say it's especially important. It's especially. important. The commands are important. Well, okay? it's brought to light in a particular conversation. Yes, especially when Jesus is later asked about marriage in the Gospels. Mm. Perhaps you've heard of them. <laughs> so let's dig into that a little bit and talk about what I'm meaning here. And what am I getting at? And Josiah, stop hemming and humming and qualifying and all these things. Okay. The Pharisees once asked Jesus why the Mosaic law made provisions for divorce. Mm. As a matter of fact, the Mosaic law made a lot of provisions around marriage. Really? Yeah. And those provisions read very strangely to modernize. <laughs> Just go back and read Leviticus sometime. I mean, if you're bored, we Leviticus all have the time. is, yeah, I mean, you do, you have the time. So anyway, in Matthew 19, the Pharisees ask Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Can, can I ask a question about that phrasing? Yes. Are they saying for any reason under the sun that any you could ever want, or are they saying, is there any reason that qualifies? They're asking, can a man just decide I want to divorce my wife okay. and send her away? The rabbinic schools, especially by the time you get into like the intertestamental and Judaic second temple period, oh boy, lots of debates about divorce. I mean, like it's, it's just a weird, craziness. It feels like someone's like, I want permission so badly that I will argue with you for 16 years. That's <laughs> like, that's basically what it sounds like to me. Like that's yeah, it, not a large amount of respect coming from from me on yeah. <laughs> so they ask him that question right they ask is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason and jesus responds by saying have you not read which a little own from jesus like own them <laughs> um have you not read that from the beginning he who created them made them male and female and said therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh what god has joined together let not man separate and here's where the pharisees think they've lured jesus in they're going to put him in a checkmate and they they respond to his statement by asking well then why did moses make provisions for divorce in the law buddy so they thought they were pulling some whole entrapment deal yeah they thought we got him like we finally have (laughs) something here on him of course, when you're talking to the incarnate word of God himself, that's not possible. Hey, nice try. <laughs> so Jesus' answer is so good. What he says is, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, he, ans- he actually even comes back and answers their question. Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. I, lo- I love the mild irritation. That yeah, I'm, there's like I'm reading some, into his voice. Yeah, there's like, just because this, of like, your hardness of heart. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> like he didn't say that, but in my head, I'm kind of th- I'm feel a tone that I'm implying. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, these are the same group of guys that Jesus looked at and said, "You brood of vipers, you whitewashed yeah. tombs. You know, you 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 have dead bones inside of you." Mm. Like that's pretty harsh language. So anyway, what Jesus is saying is that the provisions in the law surrounding marriage, like all those strange provisions that were made, those were given because of the hard heartedness of men. Which that's not a good thing. No, and it's not on my Tinder profile. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In fact, that is a very, very bad thing coming from (laughs) God. Like, you do not, you do not want to hear from God. I've made provisions for you because you're hard-hearted. Oh my gosh. This, you know what that makes me think of? It's like, okay, you want a king, you'll have a king. It's like, whoa, wait, can I walk that back? Can I, can can we redo? That is exactly, that's such a good analogy that I not yet thought of. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> when that happens is exactly it. Like Samuel saying, yeah, uh, you're going to get a king and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Like you are going to hate it. So in other words, the provisions made there are not the norm for marriage, right? What Jesus sets up is the norm from the beginning. Mm. What it was is we have a man and a woman together, united, one flesh, faithful to one another until the day they die. And it is amazing that Jesus does allow a ground for divorce, but the only ground is sexual immorality on the part of another the, partner. Like the, you know what? Here's the thing. I think the way you said that, like it's almost surprising, is probably a mature view. Because what I'm thinking is of like, well, duh. <laughs> like, of course. Like, you can't, like, you can't. Yeah, I mean. There's no deeper betrayal yes, in this. So that is like, the, the deepest possible betrayal, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you have... I don't know that there are, you can try to use words to capture what that is, but, right. and we'll actually hint at it, I think, a little bit later, because what you're touching on there is, it is, it's more than just a physical act, mm. but we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that a little, a little bit later. So, here's the thing is, for instance, just to round out this discussion, mm. if today some guy came up and asked me, hey, can I have a second wife? You know, can I do that? Like, I'm married, you know, I got a wife over here, but I want a second one. Casually wants you know? the pastor's permission. Yeah. You know, which hopefully that never, you know, I wouldn't put it past, you know, some I don't people. know. I don't know. Maybe some know. guy from Utah is like, you know, got Mormon teaching in his <laughs> head. I don't know. Utah. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. We Utah, love you, Utah listeners. I'm sure Utah is nice. Sarah Corey lives the Corey family. Yeah. Hello. If you're listening, I don't know if they oh. do or not. I don't know what they're up to. I, they're great. But uh, yeah, just, you know, lots of Mormons in Utah. That's all. That's anyway. True. That's fair. <laughs> If that was asked of me, I would, you know, respond, I think, as Jesus did. I said, no, because from the beginning, it was not so. And maybe that person pulls a Pharisee move. He's like, well, there were provisions made for it in the law, you know? And then you guys, well, that was only because of men's hardness of heart, you know, in the Israelite theocratic system of government and what Jesus says and what the scripture declares is from the beginning, it's a man and a woman in a faithful covenant for the rest of their days. And uh, yeah, that's... I so badly want to make an elaborate prank phone call just to have that exact conversation with you. <laughs> I, I want those verbatim Please answers. Don't. <laughs> Please I already get enough weird phone calls. <laughs> oh. It's too much. So the point in saying all that is that from the beginning, God intended monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. It's a place for lawful and good sexual passion. And outside of that, sexual activity violates the seventh commandment, including Ooh, here's the asterisk. lustful desire. Mm. Because as Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Just quoting that commandment verbatim, Jesus is. But then he goes on to say, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So much like the commandment against murdering, Christ reveals the full interpretation of the law. In other words, it's not enough to just not commit adultery physically. You're also not supposed to commit adultery in desire or imagination. I feel like if they're all sitting at the poker table of morality, right? <laughs> just just stay with me here. Right? I'm, I'm I've, following. I've I can just see come it. up okay. with this in this moment, <laughs> right? The Pharisees are like, they're already struggling to make the bet because <laughs> Jesus said, I'll raise. And they're like, oh, shoot, we got we a call because he just out did us right okay so they're like okay call and then you know the time passes we're in a new conversation now that you know you have the flush you have the, i don't remember all the words and then and then he's like oh no i'll raise and they thought he just already went all in but no he just raised and they're like oh no because they can't call now they have they have to go all in now does that make sense yeah i, I follow i okay. follow it's, 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 i like that all yeah right. it's pretty pretty crazy and um, it's been a while since I watched a tournament. <laughs> it's been a while since I played poker. So there's a modern day example of this. Modern day. This is where the purity movement of the 90s and early 2000s messed up. <laughs> I do love criticizing whole movements. <laughs> 
It's like a it's like a secret joy. Um, Ethan really he has you would never know it if you met him, but he has a deep contrarian who lives inside of him. If I was born in the sixties. No, actually, I would have had to have been born in the fifties. Yes. Wow, my life would look weird. <laughs> uh, you might you might be like at Don Skidmore levels at this yeah, point, been like I, man of scenes and things. I was stuff. Woodstock. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, here's here's the thing about the purity movement of the 90s, the early 2000s. And just just so everyone's clear on what I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the True Love Waits folks. Um, I'm talking about Josh something, but he wrote the book I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Actually, that, uh, Harris. Josh Harris. Yes, Joshua Harris. That's who it was. Yeah. You got that. You got Purity Rings. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about here, okay? That movement stumbled because they did exactly what Israel tried to do for thousands of years. They tried to force obedience to this command apart from the grace of God. Hmm. And here's what I mean. Israel showed us that you cannot keep the law simply because you ought to keep the law. <laughs> I have several years of proof. Yes, I have, like every human being, like yeah. any human being who reads the law. You don't even have to read the, like the whole thing. Mm. You just read. You have to be vaguely aware. Yeah, like love the Lord your God with all your heart. Ah, crap. Like, Let's see how that goes. Yep, that's pff, done. Failed that. So you cannot do that. Um, and as a matter of fact, Paul says in Galatians, the law was our guardian until Christ came. In other words, the law was meant to bring us to the feet of Christ for mercy, for the ways that we've broken the law. Yeah. And it was meant to bring us to Christ to seek the strength that we need by his spirit to then keep the commands that we ought to keep. And so what the purity movement did was they took Israel's route and they just said, don't have sex before marriage because that's just what you ought to do. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that's really, that was it. Yes. Yeah. Like just in a nutshell, compliance to the command with no grace, just warnings of punishments and the bad things. Which here's the thing, right? There's not necessarily anything untrue about the things that the purity movement laid out. Right. Like, well, I, it's funny you should bring this up because I so recent. This is so weird. I recently heard the story about. Just to be fair, I think the person who was was sharing this was like maybe Mormon or something. Had a different background, but still, yep. there are there are certain parallels, especially here, where you know she had spent her whole life being told sex is bad, sex is bad, and it was you know just just drill sergeant forced. Yep you know into her mm -hmm. brain and then she got married and suddenly oh sex is good it's good now and that that kind of yep. paradigm shift was like almost too much yeah you can't flip that switch and like you just can't do it and that's actually i think part of the fallout that we've seen because of this it's been really quite something because you've got cases like that in christian households right you've got the what's the terminology i want to use it became the forbidden fruit yeah. Again, oh, not untrue. Sure. It's right. not like you shouldn't, you should not violate this commandment. You should maintain sexual passion in its lawful and right place. But when it, all it becomes is the red thing that you need to stay away from. <laughs> exactly. That does not go well. You're setting people up for failure, un yes. unfortunately, because that's just yeah, how we are. Exactly. So it really backfired. I mean, just really atrociously did not work. <laughs> like Failed experiment <laughs> through and through. Would not recommend this movement to a friend. Yes. Um. In fact, Joshua Harris actually a few years ago came out and was like, yeah, my book was terrible. I'm no sorry. No way. Yeah. Like it was, it was really something. Wow. Um, yeah. That takes some maturity. And you know, here's the other thing. This is an aside. This is for free. He wrote that book when he was, I think, 20 years old and was what? not married. What? He was 20. People use that as a pseudo Bible. <laughs> I know. He was 20 years 20 old. and unmarried. Oh my word. So like, honestly, it's like, you got to be careful about being thrust into the The Council of Nicaea of did not, <laughs> they didn't validate that. It was a 20 year old. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's interesting, isn't it? Now, again, just to be clear, I'm not promoting antinomianism here. I'm not saying, you know, all right, just so we, we throw out the law and we don't do things. None of this is to minimize the weight of this command. Christians really shouldn't commit adultery. <laughs> I hope that goes without saying. Yes. Sex should be kept in its lawful and right place. Because here's the thing is even though God offers forgiveness... It should still go without saying that there are dreadful consequences for this kind of sin. I mean, just look at the story of David and Bathsheba mm. for one biblical example. It hurts so many more people than you think it can. Mm. And, and the consequences, like as with David, last so much longer than you think is possible. Yes, exactly. So you have that on the one, one hand, but here's the other thing that's important to note. Sin in general is actually very frequently likened to adultery in the Bible. Very like nice. that's one of the most specific parallels. Oh, Wow. So, for example, in Hosea, uh, right in the opening verses, it's it's really shocking. Talk about a cold open. (laughs) Uh, What we read is, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take to yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. Uh, He, uh, someone was mad that day. Because he just fit that in three times. <laughs> three times, just to make sure you got the correct emphasis there. Um, and so, in, in other words, what is happening here is God has made a covenant with his chosen people. And that's what marriage is. It's a covenant. Hmm. And adultery is a violation of the marriage covenant. It is the most I think it's not an exaggeration to say the most deep breach of one of the most sacred covenants that has ever existed. And so when we turn away from God, it is as if we are committing adultery because we are breaching this sacred covenant relationship that God has with his people. We're violating a sacred covenant. And the unfortunate thing, especially to put it lightly, for someone like me, who I disdain adultery and adulterers, like I that is that is one of the sins I am most prone to stand a judgment over. And uh by this standard I have been unfaithful. Yeah. You know? I think that really brings it home for me, if I'm mm-hmm. honest, because just like you said, I, I find it so easy, so easy to sit in judgment with this. On any given day, I would tell you without flinching that I have no patience, I have no mercy for this for this kind of breach. But then to be then reminded that I am just as guilty of the thing that I hate, that is very sobering to me. Yes, it is. And the good news about that, so we don't end on a doomsday note... <laughs> Is that Jesus Christ, who, when Paul wrote the letter to the Ephesians, he actually said, marriage is a mystery, and I'm saying it refers to Christ and the church. Mm. So in this analogy, and in the reality of it, Jesus Christ is a forgiving groom who is purifying his bride, the church, by the continual washing of water with the word, and he's very merciful in that regard. In fact, in Hosea, which starts out so terribly, God says when Hosea marries this wife of Hortum, and she actually ends up, of course, leaving him, and breaching the the covenant. I did not see that coming. Yeah, right. But what God says, now I may be not remembering exactly all the details, but he says, go back and bring her back because that's what I'm doing to Israel. I'm going to bring her to the wilderness and I'm going to allure her and win her back to myself. So in this case, you know, in marriage, the two become one yet remain fully themselves. And uh, that's what is ultimately the end of human history is that Jesus and the church, they become all things in heaven and earth are united in him. It's Ephesians chapter one. And yet they remain fully distinctly themselves. But they're they're united in this sacred relationship. And, uh, you know, just why would you want to why would you want to violate Mm. something so sacred? You know, just so that's the seventh commandment. There it is. That's it. There it is. Simple, right? Yeah. So simple. Just like all of them. Uh, so, uh, if you have any questions about this or anything else, you can email us. You can. Yeah, podcast at horizonchurch.net. Mm-hmm. Find us on social media. Yeah. Interact with us there. And if you were helped by this, you know what you can do. Yeah, leave us an honest five-star review. Yeah. It's only kind of honest. 
only got a five. You know, the the qualitative parts of that statement, I'm not sure. I, are you trying? Wait, hold I on. I don't know. Are you trying to critique? I don't know. The catchphrase I know what I'm that doing. I came up with. I don't. Let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm open to change. Yeah, no, that's... Let's make new catchphrases. Let's make new catchphrases. I my, can't. It's, it's too uh, much. It's my April resolution. That's... Wow. Mm-hmm. That's your, that's your I had to look resolution. at my clock to know what the what day, day was. What, yeah. what month it was. It's yep. April. We've all lost track of time. Yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.